0: Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, February 22nd. We welcome to the show Zach Lyons of the Football and Other Efforts podcast from Broadway Sports Media. Zach, good morning show. How? Good morning, good morning sir. Show. How are
1: you? <laughs> this is a good morning show. I always like uh, getting on to talk about football first thing in the morning. It's, it's better than caffeine and coffee for me. <laughs> Uh, We're
0: off and running today. We're going to talk. You're working on some stuff about the Titans, sort of a SWAT analysis of this Titans team as it heads into the offseason. So we'll discuss some of that today on the show. Uh, The playoff format for college football has been discussed and maybe settled on for the foreseeable future as the NFL has expanded. So we'll discuss sort of some of the strengths and weaknesses of both of those playoff formats. Uh, Obviously, there was some Titans stadium news over the weekend that I know you guys have talked a lot about at Broadway Sports Media. So we'll get into that. And then Jersey number banner ceremonies do we love it do we hate it does it need to be fixed all that good stuff so we'll get into that a little bit later on as well make sure you're checking out the football and other efforts podcast broadway media sports uh, broadwaysportsmedia.com excuse me uh, as i'm having a very difficult time speaking today on the show uh, and as well the kingston group special thanks to our top sponsor here on the 440 every single morning brought to you by the kingston group nashville's award-winning locally owned custom home and remodeling firm they're They've been in the market for over 10 years doing work. Uh, we trust them at my family to use the Kingston Group, so you should too. BuildKG.com is the website, BuildKG.com. So Tuesdays, Zach, we like to have longer conversations about football. And one of the topics that you're working on right now is just taking a step back, conducting a SWOT analysis of this Titans team. So number one, w- where can people find it? What was And what was the goal behind wanting to execute this plan?
1: Basically, you can find it at Broadwaysportsmedia.com. All my written content is always there. It's a really great website that everybody should be going to. Most it it our goal with Broadway sports media has always been to provide something a little bit more intellectual, but something easier to wrap your head around too. Right. Like that is also my goal with the SWOT analysis. A SWOT analysis is for those who may not know, It's something coming from a business background like I have, that's been drilled in my head since I was in DECA in (laughs) 2003 or 2002, 2003. So it's something that's always been in my head. And so I was trying to put together something, throwing some stuff up against the wall. I want to go position by position and look for a different angle to provide people with. And I think the SWOT analysis provides that because while there's many strengths or weaknesses, opportunities, and threats For each position, I wanted to provide something a little bit out of the box conceptually that's easy to digest, but you also learn something. And, and, you know, to me, when you got other sites, other Titan sites, writing articles about bold predictions in a tweet from a beat writer in another city, what good is that? Like, what good is it that Omar Kelly said when he was asked for a bold prediction, mind you? When he's and when he says I Mike Giusecki, Tennessee Titans, write it down. And there people are acting like does this mean that he Mike Giusecki is coming to the Titans? No, it's a bold prediction. Th- that that kind of shit just doesn't fly with me.
0: Th- th- this is the college football head coaching carousel media. Where like as soon as a head coach is either fired or retired or takes another job, there's four billion articles on the internet about here are twelve candidates that would be great for the job. And not a single human being that writes any one of those has actual information to report that any of those names are actually interested or attached. It's just it's just bloviating onto the internet. And uh, especially when you ask someone for a bold take. Yeah. Like just there were someone agree, wrote a whole I article.
1: I don't know if it's Titans wire Titan sized is one of those, those uh, kind of bigger websites that are owned by USA today or something. Like what good is that for anybody? I mean, okay. Big whoop. So uh, Mark Kelly said that, let me tell you something. Mike just is not a tight end that the Titans will are probably interested in based on John Robinson's history. We're sitting here year seven going into year seven for John Robinson. I think we all know by now that they're looking for versatile players, not one trick ponies, no matter how good they are. And if they were going to spend 10 to $12 million on a, on a position group a year on average, they would have paid Johnny Smith who they loved. Yep. Like do, it just doesn't make sense to me. Do, do you need to, do you need a second to cool down? I know. <laughs> I know. I got it all off
0: track, but <laughs> I'll tell so, you so, what. Well, let me, let me, let me ask you. Cause I, I find the threats the most interesting part of this. And again, if you want to read position by position and go in depth with Zach, make sure you're checking out the website, but just for the sake of this conversation, sort of looking at the entire team from a SWAT standpoint, the threats to me, like, I know where their strengths are. I know where their weaknesses are. I certainly know where the opportunities are. You've already mentioned the tight end position, but to me, the threat is really interesting because it's not, it's not a weakness. It's where could there become a weakness? And I, where have you found the threat part of this
1: Titans roster? Well, I'll look at it this way. I think quarterback is obviously not only is the biggest threat, but it's it's not necessarily the quarterback Ryan Tannehill himself. It's the complacency that survives that surrounds the passing game that involves the quarterback. The PFF and quarterback annual just came out on uh, Monday. It, it's It's a fantastic read every year because they just dive deep into the film. They dive deep into everything. And while Tannehill was on the higher side of turnover-worthy plays, which we all know, he's one of the he's one of the top ten best quarterbacks in the league. Still, when you look at a lot of these metrics, I mean, he he's way up there. I mean, even Greg Rosenthal, who does a quarterback index, he is a top twelve quarterback according to Greg Rosenthal, even based on the twenty twenty one film.
0: Can, can, can I ask you before because I know yeah. you're going to back I know you're going to back up all this with really good information. Why does anyone care? whether or not he's the eighth rated quarterback or the 13th rated quarterback or the like what, what this is this is sort of falling into that internet hot list clicky thing that you're talking about like why does it matter where
1: he's ranked well Honestly. I, well I think it matters when you look at the strength of the quarterback position group and this was in the article and I talk about I try to avoid the word durability to not you know knock on wood not jinx anything <laughs> but you're talking about a quarterback who out of quarterbacks who have played 50 games since 2019 hasn't missed a game he's been available and he's been stable for the most part throughout his career he himself has been stable things around him have not now obviously that he's not he's not consistent enough in the playoffs but when you look at the regular season you got to have a good regular season to get in the playoffs and i think that matters because you know no major health concerns winning seasons playoffs you got stability durability the titans organization has had a hard time finding that guy And 85% of the league, I would say, is probably very envious of the quarterback situation in Tennessee since he's taken over in 2019. And this stuff matters because teams rarely do big-name quarterback trades because the alternative of the unknown in terms of health, play, scheme fit, longevity, money are all crucial factors for teams when they make quarterback decisions. And just on this past Monday, there is a study that shows – That quarterback play has risen while the ceiling has risen. The floor has risen, too. So take the Seahawks, for example. They're not going to trade away Russell Wilson because who are they going to get to replace him? And Pete Carroll at his age is in win now mode. And if you're in win now mode, this stuff matters to show you in context that Ryan Tannehill is not as bad as the 2021 season made him look to be. And I think, and while the rankings and stuff don't matter itself, right, the, right, right. The, the stats themselves matter well, when I, you look at, he's like a, in, he's elite in getting the ball. And this is not, well, we're, we're on video too. He's elite at getting the ball in the chest bread basket area. He is a 68% passer completion percentage in all of his passes go right into the bread basket. If, and it is a huge blue dot, which means it is super elite. If you're if you're
0: not uh, watching on the YouTube channel, which you should, you should. 440 sports, go check it out. Um, Zach is motioning heavily to his breadbasket area. Yeah. There's a lot of motioning towards the breadbasket, which is making me a little uncomfortable, but it's fine. <laughs> it's it's totally fine. Uh, I listen, I we could we could go, we could I mean, obviously, we will spend countless numbers of hours debating Ryan Tannehill. I think we talked about it last week on, on the Tuesday edition of our first ever long form 440, which is uh, he can win a championship. We all kind of agree. He can win a championship. He just needs, as Mike Vrabel has pointed out and John Robinson, they need to be almost elite all the way around him. I, I, I will argue with anyone that he's just simply not that good. He's just not a top 10 quarterback. I think he's good with this team in this system. He was definitely good. He was definitely good with New Smith and with Arthur Smith. And now they need to replace some of those pieces. Hopefully Tim Kelly does that from a schematic standpoint and hopefully some investment in the weapons this offseason is the, is the secondary piece of that. Let me, let me throw a thread at you that I want to see what you think about. Cause I was reading through your articles and I'm going it, like, to me, I don't really like the threat to me for the Titans writ large is just the NFL because I'm not really worried about any one particular, like I trust John Robinson and his front office's ability to find talent and, and, and acquire talent work the salary cap magic. I trust Mike are able to develop players and make them better and make them fit within the system. I, I sort of trust the operation to run. And, but the the nature of the NFL is that everything the NFL does is, is constructed to sort of take your team down. <laughs> like, right. And that's like, to me, the biggest threat to me is just, you have a small chance to win and maintaining that pace is very difficult. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I, I think, I think if I had to choose, probably would be in my top four threats is just this 2022 off season. everything is tight right like it seems to me that the afc is really top heavy and tight where it matters and the titans don't have a lot of wiggle room either and you, you look at now they can free up all kinds of cash will they who knows should they probably But to maintain competitive edge, you have to get your salary cap situation sorted out. You have to hit on your free agent and free agency and your draft. Your free agency is for the window now. Your draft should be treated as your window for the future. Now, obviously, you want some maybe year one contributors, but this team has shown it's not going to rush any draft pick, no matter what what round they were picked in. Into the lineup if they're not ready, and they are perfectly okay with basically guys learning and not contributing year one and so to me this team looks at it as we are, we're building with the future in mind while also building through free agency keeping the the window open currently.
0: Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. And and again, if you want to follow along, make sure you check out Broadway sports media uh, at, at uh, F words pod. Of course the
1: Twitter account, you'll be posting all the stuff for. Yeah. For it'll spot. be every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, until the uh, legal tampering window begins. I love, I love a good legal tampering um, legal tampering. I haven't,
0: haven't done any legal tampering in a long time. Uh, playoff format. So the college football people announce all the, all the fancy golfers with their, with their bow ties and their, um, suspenders, they all announced on, on Friday that they're not going to expand. And of course, the NFL is now in what, year two of the expanded format with yes. 14 teams. Um, it's certainly, it's hard to argue, like it did benefit the Titans, but also didn't <laughs> because it didn't actually result in anything, but they did get the buy. I, I'm just curious. I, I think college football is making a huge mistake by arguing. I said this on Monday's show. I just think they're being petty and they're arguing about their own self interest without acknowledging that without expansion, it's the sport itself as a whole is going to be hurt by this. And, and the NFL, I I thought at first, I really hated the expansion of the playoff. I thought, no, I like two teams that get to buy because it's really hard to get to that one seed. Um, But it's hard to really like, even as a guy who's doesn't like change, Zach, it is hard to argue with the product and the drama delivered on the field from the divisional round on now the wild card round left a little bit to be desired, but the divisional round on football this year in the NFL was spectacular.
1: You think so? Because I'm of the, I, I think there were three good games and that Ooh. doesn't include the, the, the Super Bowl. And I, I thought that they were, and I'm not including the Titans Bengals game. So I'm not, I'm not a Homer. I don't <laughs> think it was that. I think you look at the bills game, the chiefs game. Uh, that was obviously the best game. It was great. I think that the uh, Chiefs and Bengals game would probably be second. And I've, I don't know if you put San Francisco Rams or Packers San Francisco, but I, I lean San Francisco Rams, I guess. But to me, they're all kind of forgettable. I saw Alan Bell say the same thing, so you're not alone. And I'm thinking I felt well, well, the playoffs hey, t-
0: to be boring. T- TV, TV ratings agree with me. America agrees with me.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, America's always going to watch the NFL football's on well, F-
0: football's going to be watched. I, I think I think your best argument, and I've heard many people say this, like there, there was great drama. They weren't great games. And I'm OK. Yeah. I, I just think my first priority as a fan is give me great drama. Like I, I be, entertain me first and I'll take that over, you know, a boring. And then the next priority is, yeah. oh, was it extremely well
1: played and high level? And did it, But did it live up to the hype, though? Because, like, you know, you look at it. You, you would think Bengals Raiders kind of exceeded the hype of what you thought that game may be. And okay, then yeah. you look at, okay, San Francisco Green Bay, there was, there's drama, you know, it's Jimmy G, it's Aaron Rodgers, can he get over the playoff hump? But was it a, a fun, did it live up to that drama? Like to me, that's where it, I feel like the NFL's like. I feel like football's lacking a little bit of, well college for sure drama, yeah. And, and drama equals what you see on the field. You can get all this drama hyped up and then what you see on the field doesn't really lend credence to it. And maybe that's a media problem. Maybe the media is overhyping games and building up storylines that really don't matter. Well, I guess, and, and some of it's just personal.
0: Like, I, I'm totally fine. Because let's take the Packers and Niners game, which by by all accounts, like, not even close to comparable to the Bills and Chiefs game in terms of how it was played and how it unfolded yeah. and the drama and the talent and the skill and the scoring and the offense. Like, I'm okay watching a very low-scoring game Without a lot of points and and in particular that game gave us a couple of different things that I enjoy which is number one the elements getting getting having snow just take over the game in the second half I think is just a a, a unique thing that's fun and a block kick swinging giant crazy stupid swing of momentum I find really interesting. And I, frankly, I think it's Aaron Rodgers going against Kyle Shanahan and and an unbelievable defense run by D'Amico Ryan's. Like, I just think there's, it's very high level stuff, even if it's not a lot of scoring. And so I can watch nine six games if I think it's high scoring. If it's nine six and it's crap, and it's right. just garbage, if it's like
1: Jaguars and Bills earlier in yeah, the right, year,
0: right? Then I don't want to watch it. But I would all, like I love the Super Bowl. I ha- I love the Super Bowl as a non fan of either team watching quarterbacks struggle. I enjoy that because every other week of the NFL season, we don't watch them struggle. They just sling it all over the place. you said the floor's high. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I mean, I guess if you're looking at it from strictly one position group dominating another on both sides of the ball, then sure. Yeah. I mean, some of that, I, I look at it from an overall perspective. Like you talk about playoff expansion in the college football and not expanding could ultimately kill it. Well, what's the difference in Al- Ole Miss getting obliterated 42 to 12 in the opening round of a playoffs against Alabama or Georgia? It, like, to me, it doesn't change anything this expansion. It, it, you're still going to have the same teams, the same fans, the same complaints, the, the same everything, because ultimately the top four are the top four for a reason, right? I mean, they're the four best teams. Arguably, you can always say number four. Well, maybe number five should be in or when Notre Dame gets in, they should never be in. But you're going to get the same thing if you allow eight teams in the playoffs and you're still going to have people complain about it. And will it really improve recruitment if you're a a recruit and you see Ole Miss get obliterated by Alabama in the regular season then get obliterated by Alabama in the playoffs? What good does that do for? And I'm sorry to be picking on Ole Miss fans. It's no, just, it's fine. It's the first thing. They're the team that was on the outside looking in in a lot it. of people cases.
0: And, and they deserve it because they're kind of annoying. But they're, yeah. uh, Oxford is like one of the greatest places in the world to go to a game. Oh, so, it's great. Uh, so there, there's the compliment sandwich. Um, I, I think it does a couple of different things, playoff for expansion. N- number one, it creates the illusion of an opportunity. The, the NCAA tournament does this. Like teams celebrate sweet 16s. Like you put a banner at Memorial gymnasium. There are banners for sweet 16s. And so what's, what's a sweet 16 really as an accomplishment? What is it really? Like, yeah, you got your
1: 16th place. Ultimately someone is 16th place in a, in a, in a tournament,
0: but you celebrate it and getting to the final four, you celebrate that. Like it's a huge accomplishment. And a lot of those schools and those teams, those are teams that come back for decades to celebrate that accomplishment. And if a school like, Ole miss. And again, what you're doing is creating the illusion of opportunity in college football. And this is the problem, like Tennessee, Kentucky, Tennessee, Kentucky, this past season was a phenomenal football game, right? It was unbelievable. Great drama, great excitement, great quarterbacks, you know, time of possession, big plays, whatever. If that game held an at large playoff spot, that game becomes even better. And so what we're doing is we're taking a little bit of shine off the top games you know, Alabama, Auburn, or, you know, Ohio state Michigan or Clemson, Georgia, whatever it might be. You're taking a little bit of shine off those games and adding a whole lot of value to like 30 or 40 other games. And then you're giving Kentucky and Ole Miss and Tennessee, like these middle-class programs, a chance to just get in and just getting in is sort of like the sweet 16 or the final four banner. You get to celebrate that accomplishment. And because getting in will be a huge deal, and frankly, teams five through twelve, those will be great games. We're going to see a lot of good games between those teams. But I agree, it's still going to be Bama, Clemson, or Bama. Right. I
1: mean, like ultimately, the I think I think I like that argument. Right. I like the argument you just posed. Because that's not an argument I've really heard most people say. Most people say, "Well, it improves recruitment, or it will, will it be, be, you'll see more teams in in the in the Final Four, different teams in the Final four. Because ultimately, I don't think either of those things really happen. And and you're you're right. I don't take into the this new thing where participation trophies are celebrated. That's just not that's not who <laughs> it's I not, am, it's not and not either. who I was raised. So like particip- participation trophies. I mean, if you're a Titans fan, everybody makes fun of the Colts hanging up those banners. And but I guess if you're a college <laughs> fan, you you want those banners everywhere you can get. And
0: I mean, if you're if you're Iowa State, like you should celebrate getting to the playoff. Since Cincinnati should celebrate getting into the playoff, like,
1: but it's they not lost. Like it, 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 I mean, like, I, I, uh, I agree.
0: Yeah. I, I agree. I, I agree. I, no, I listen. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm a championship or bust kind of guy. But that's an NFL thing, right? Like it's yeah. Super Bowl, Super Bowl championship or bust. And that's the beauty of the playoffs in the NFL though, is that everybody's even like you get into the playoffs. Anybody can win. That's why we had two, four seeds playing in the the Super bowl. That's not the way college works. And so you have to figure out ways to create value for other fan bases. And all we did was a bunch of commissioners in charge, like tricked us and teased us by putting out a bunch (laughs) of information saying, Hey, we're going to expand. It's going to be super cool and fun. And your school is going to benefit. And then they got into a room and like argued with themselves with their rich friends about all the, Things they're not and it was in a
1: room in a best western because the (laughs) the selection committee watching the the games on some of these times were it was the most pitiful way to watch football. I've never seen anything as bad. It's just you know, I get it. It's as a society, everybody loves a good hey, you know, at least you tried. I mean, everybody everybody loves that to me. It's just from the perspective of his championship or bus, I don't think I think it creates the illusion. But then you're gonna have these illusion the the reality set in, and everybody's gonna be like, "Well, this didn't really fix anything." And then people are gonna be like, "Well, maybe if we expand it a little bit more." And then <laughs> and, and you know it just it just where does it stop? Well, player and,
0: safety. Hopefully, player safety stops that. Um, yeah, which I think will
1: happen in college again and. and it, in the NFL, ask, in, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me ask this. Cause I want to go back to this Kentucky, Tennessee game. That game was played November 6th. How do you know what the implications are? Is there going to be a new system of ranking teams and that is a little bit more definitive or holds a little bit more weight that that's my question.
0: No, I don't. The, the thing is, I don't think you need that. All, all you need. Now Tennessee has to be better. Like they have, right. They, let's assume that they're on the same level of Kentucky and they're, they're both vying for a ten and two season, which Kentucky right. won ten, ten games this year. Let's say they're both vying for ten and two, and they play in the middle of October. Well, the winner of that game's got a chance to get into the playoff if they're both sitting there at six and one, right? Yeah. And the winner of that game's got a chance to get into the playoff, even if they don't win the division, because they know we know they can't beat Georgia. And but but if they finish ten and two like Ole Miss did this past year, they can get into the playoff, and then maybe as a nine seed, you're playing an eight seed, and that eight seed is like Baylor. And maybe you could beat that team in the playoff. And then you have a playoff win under your belt. And the difference between... Participation trophies is a little strong, in my opinion, because in the NFL, all 32 teams are playing the same game with the same rules. It's the most socialist sport in all of America, which is ironic, of course, for considering its audience. But college football is the most capitalistic sport in America, where the biggest teams have all the gold and make all the rules. And nobody like middle Tennessee state's not playing the same sport as Tennessee. Right (laughs) They're They're just not. So, and, and Vanderbilt even in the sec is not playing the same sport as Alabama. Well, that's because they choose to choose that. Right. So to to be fair. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. But again, recruiting base, like again, college football will never have the same rules for all 130 teams. So as long as the rules are different, you should not have the same expectations for everybody. Whereas in the NFL, you have the exact same rules for all 32 teams. Everyone has an equal starting spot and an equal finishing spot. And that's why the NFL is the most popular sport in the world, because they figured out how to keep everyone interested every day of the year.
1: <laughs> you may have, you may have me rethinking my stance on college football. I've, I'm, I may be right, a little bit more right. lenient. So right. how about, how about, uh,
0: how about, let me see if I can get you to uh, the, st- the stadium news broke on Friday and they're, they're, it's pretty much been covered. And I, I don't, I don't think it's very difficult. I talked about it again on, on my Friday show on, on here on this show. And I, I think once you get to a certain price point, $700, $800, $900 million for renovation, you have to decide what do we want to be as a city? And at that point, what's the difference in $900 million versus $1.4 if you can get the Super Bowl, the Final Four, and the college football playoff to come to Nashville? So to me, this is, do we want to stay a small kind of cool counterculture sports town or do we want to join the big time ranks and some people may not want to join the big ranks and be considered a super bowl town but if you put a roof on the stadium we're going to get a super bowl i know for a fact we're going to get a college football playoff and the music city bowl would become that and we would get a final four because we can host a party like nobody's business so i to me the question all that matters here and assuming the strunk family wants to pay a big a big chunk of this and taxpayers aren't hurt too poorly it's sort of what do we want to be as a town? And I'm all for going for the big, big events. I'm all for that, selfishly.
1: Yeah, I, I think that if you're, if you're, even if you're a native Nashvilleian, I've been in Nashville or at least the surrounding area since 2002. So I was here, you know, before there was like 50 cranes in the sky every day <laughs> and there's horrible traffic. I, I want the city to become a more football forward town because let's be honest here yeah the titans are an nfl team but it is more so an attraction for outside fans going to the game They're, the the die hard core in my opinion of titans fans is not as big as it should be compared to other nfl cities whereas you know the predators are ingrained in this city i feel like i feel like nashville soccer club they are just growing and growing and growing in fans because not only are the games more affordable, but they're really fun and the experience is fun. The new stadium, I'm all for it. Bring it to me, get rid, and get us out of that stadium that's in there <laughs> right now. Because it's not worth the stadium itself and the in-game experience provided by probably the limitations of the stadium's infrastructure. Yeah. is not worth what you're paying for now. And, and I believe they've already rose a little bit in PA, PS, PSL prices. And it's hard for me. It's not worth going to the game at this point. A new stadium changes my outlook on that. And, and people who these, these PSL current season ticket holders who are already worried about the prices going up. Well, you know, the Atlanta Falcons built a new stadium and their concession prices dropped dramatically. You know, there is a way for Yep. And yep. the strunk family and the people heading up the Titans organization are looking actively looking for ways. And I don't, I guess that nobody wanted to read this. And when you look at Twitter replies and Facebook replies, they're actively looking for ways to lessen or eliminate the burden from the city. I mean, they don't want the city to really pay for it. Is that feasible? I don't know how much money they have. Maybe it is, but at it, some point, if you want the Super Bowl, you get a retractable roof. And you don't yep. lose any of the value of anything. It just and, improves everything. And gra- you can make it grass too. It needs to be grass. I'm, yeah. all, I'm all for grass. Yeah, it's got to be um, grass. It,
0: it Listen, there, it's all about like, when we, when we spent however much we spent on Bridgestone Arena, we had no idea the financial boon that would be for the economy and how lower Broadway, what it became 25, 30 years later. That's, you, you know, adding the Titans to our market changed the city forever. Adding the Preds to the market changed the city forever. Like, it, there's no question about this. and so you have to sort of view, like, how much are, is the is the football family? Well, let's be honest. When billionaires ask for money, it's never popular. That's just the way yeah. it is. And we just had this really long, protracted fight as a market with Nashville SC. Even though Nashville SC Stadium, which is about to open here in a couple of months, is arguably the greatest stadium deal in the history of metropolitan, po- metropolitan right. politics. Like, we're basically paying nothing for the stadium. Um, and it's the biggest soccer-only stadium in, in the country. And so I, I think some of the city should take on some of it, but I think by and large, if, if the family's willing to pay for a big chunk of it, we can figure out how to make it work because I think the long-term ramifications of having a super bowl right. in our city and a college football playoff or a national championship game and a final four and have those things part of a rotation that comes through national every 15 or 20 years, the economic economics to me will pay for itself. So, well, that, I
1: mean that, I'll throw in another sport that's not being talked about is the, uh, SummerSlam's already coming to Nissan Stadium. You improve the, the um, you improve that stadium at Nissan, you're getting a WrestleMania. What, what is, is SummerSlam?
0: Su- what is SummerSlam? What is that?
1: SummerSlam is the summer version <laughs> of WrestleMania. So <laughs> WrestleMania that. is the big one. SummerSlam is their second biggest pay per view, and what? it's a the party of the summer. What? So at Nashville is going to be it's going to be pretty crazy because yeah. I've been to a WrestleMania uh in dallas in their new stadium so i've been to dallas's new stadium twice now you're a, wrestling, for a cowboys game in there. oh yeah huge okay. wrestling guy so what was huge the thing r- that r-
0: happened the friday night before the titans game what was that
1: uh that was a smackdown it was a smackdown so it's just a regular their regular friday programming okay okay um, and I, I have
0: lots of questions about wrestling yeah. so.
1: well I, i'm i'm huge in wrestling <laughs> i got right over here uh my new day funkos Back behind me, they're, they're a wrestling group. I, are you speaking English still? I've- yeah, still speaking English. But I will say this: a WrestleMania is great too. I mean, it's not as big as a Super Bowl, but you got to think you yeah. get events like that. You you're gonna get bigger concerts, and Nissan Stadium is already getting like they've had the Rolling Stones, they've yeah, had yeah. Beyonce. Elton you John, get bigger, you, yeah, you get bigger concerts and more people wanting to come to your place. This idea that football stadiums can't be similar to Bridgestone Arena. If you do the acoustics right in in that stadium when the when the retractable dome is shut and open, you're going to have the possibility for so much more than just yeah. sports for your town. And and if that means higher you're you're going to pay for it either way. You're either going to yeah, pay yeah. for it in your taxes or you're going to pay for it in your season ticket prices going up. Yep. You're paying for it either way. It's a lot better than the piece of crap stadium that they're in now. It's one of the worst stadiums in the NFL. It's a bottom half stadium.
0: I was in there on I was in there on Sunday, and it was like there's like a nice room in the whole building. Um, I I will say this: this has been my idea for like six years since I've been on the air in Nashville, and that is to build a brick facade, three or four stories that looks exactly like First Avenue on the river, like literally on the river. Put the stadium on the river. There's probably space between the Titan Stadium and the river. From where that parking lot in the little greenway is yeah put it put it on the river put two or three walking bridges build it build entertainment district three four story tall bars into the stadium itself that are sort of attached but outside so that you can go party and drink and tailgate and have all the music and the live stuff and it feels like it's attached to broadway put walking bridges over and and put a retractable roof on it like it's i, I know that <laughs> i'm not an architect I'm not a politician. I'm, you know, I don't have any qualifications to do any of this, but to me, that's the way you cohesively bake it into the entertainment district of downtown to make it even more enjoyable for people to go, especially people from outside of town. So if I, I you know.
1: Copy the way that Pittsburgh has their city infrastructure and their stadiums because they have a baseball stadium and a football stadium almost right next to each other. And of course they have a great hockey team too. That is, that is, the, that is the city that is in realistic grasp for Nashville to model their sports yeah. version after. You know, obviously, Nashville offers way more, in my opinion, food wise, drinks wise, fun wise, you, you, livability wise, everything. I mean, our so bridges saying, are not falling apart. So you're saying <laughs> but, we're,
0: I was going to say, so you're saying we're better than Pittsburgh.
1: We, yeah, we are better than Pittsburgh as far as, as far as not sports related, but they are a better sports city.
0: Uh, all right, we'll wrap up. We're going along here today. Long form 440, of course, brought to you by the Kingston Group. Make sure you check them out. BuildKG.com uh, is the website. If you have a big project at your house, uh, they are the people to talk to. You may not even use them, but I guarantee you they will help you make your decision. Uh, so check out the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. We'll wrap up today with um, you know a huge week for the Predators. As you mentioned Bridgestone Arena. They will retire Pecorine's jersey, the first ever in franchise history. On Thursday evening, we got the stadium series coming up at a4 mentioned Nissan Stadium on Saturday. They're back on the ice tonight on Tuesday evening uh, against Carolina, or, excuse me, against Florida on the road at 6 p.m. That is the best team in the Eastern Conference. So we've got a lot of big hockey coming up this week. I'm just curious. Uh, I'll be going to both Thursday and Saturday. And I'm just curious what you think of, you know, we just talked about banner hanging and, and stuff. I think teams should hang a banner if you win a division. I think the Titans should put a, a little year up, you know, like put 2021 up as afc south champs like i would i'm all for you know obviously i'm partial to floyd reese as someone who knew him pretty well like put him in the ring of honor put pekka obviously deserves to have a jersey retired i don't care as much about being there to see it all happen but i do think it's fun that nashville is starting to get sports teams that actually have things to put up on on walls like that
1: yeah i think it's good um you know, I, I'm a little. All this stuff little gets a little watered down for me. I, I'm a little okay. So it's Peckarini's big night, you know, coming up, and he's getting his jersey retired. Are they gonna dedicate the night to him in full, or are they gonna choose some role player on the Dallas Stars and do a thank you tribute video or whatever they're <laughs> they're doing nowadays? I mean, like, give me a break in celebrating <laughs> these role players that agree, come into I your agree. town. I think that's silly. It, it it's also silly to me. You know, when's Zach Randolph left the Memphis Grizzlies and went to another team two days or maybe not even two days, almost probably 24 hours The after it was announced he was going to another team. Memphis announces that they're going to hang his jersey and retire his jersey. He just left your team. Like, yeah, I get it. He should definitely get his jersey retired because it's yeah. more of a symbol. But do you really need to announce it while he's still actively playing basketball? Like that kind of stuff. I think, I think, Pomp and circumstance matters, and I think timing matters. And some of the stuff that these teams tend to do drives me nuts. And but I'm 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 with you. I'm glad to see that you know the predators are being able to retire someone. Jersey that really means a lot to them. And yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if Shea Weber, uh, you know, and all these other guys that meant so much to this Predators team get the same kind of treatment later on down the road. There there needs to be a line. Like we don't need a tribute video for Corey Davis.
0: Yeah. Like I love Corey Davis. I think he was an underrated player and had a nice little stint here in town. I don't think Corey Davis deserves a tribute video at Nissan Stadium if the Jets come back to to
1: Nashville or whatever in 2 years. Um I would have a hard time being a fan of the Titans and going <laughs> right. back to a game if they did but something silly like that.
0: Division championship I think right. you absolutely can put a division championship like like the way you see in baseball stadiums, right? Where there's a number of pennants you've won or whatever. And Pekka is the greatest player in franchise history. I'm okay right. with that. Again, same thing with Floyd Reese. You know, like I, Floyd Reese meant so much to this organization. I think it's okay for him to be in the ring of honor. I think it, there needs to be a pretty selective line. But as long as you've got a pretty selective line on what you're doing, it, you know, if, if you're... I don't think you put up like a one seed banner. Like AFC's number yeah. one seed. Like, I don't like that. But I think division championships, um, I don't, what do you think about an AFC championship game? I don't even think you do that either.
1: No, I I don't think you, what do you put? AFC championship game appearance, appearance, (laughs) if you lose, I mean, now if you're a winner and you're AFC champion, yeah. AFC South champion. Yes, I agree. You, you should put those up because those are tangible victories for you in some form or fashion. But yeah, just participating that. in a game, nah, I'm good. If you if that game is a reminder to fans that, oh man, do you remember that play where so and so fumbled or so and so did this? And yeah, yeah. or it just it conjures up bad memories for me.
0: I'm with you. So uh, selfishly check out the gold standard podcast this week. We got a ton of course to talk about with Pekka's jersey retirement and the stadium series. Uh, what are you guys talking about on the F words pod this week?
1: Well, we're gonna we're having Austin Huff on uh, from uh the tighten up podcast and we are going to talk well, first off we're going to hash out our beef because we have uh, some faux media beef that we've made up well and austin's then we're, been
0: spending all the last three years trying to create beef so yeah
1: so uh and then we're going to talk about mainly dive into the stadium aspect and i'm going to ask him about this uncle aunt thing that pops up on not only on his podcast but also on jay martin ramon who had it first why is it a thing i don't I, i'm I, i'm I have very on- interested
0: I've been Uncle Braden a few times, and I, you're right. I don't know. I don't yeah. I don't understand. It's all in we'll the Sam. I don't know. We'll see. So go check it out. Football and other F-words, uh, at F-words pod on Twitter, of course, uh, at Mr. Lebowski. You and Michael Gillum do a great job with that episode every single Tuesday. Uh, of course, everywhere you get your pods. And make sure you're staying tuned to broadwaysportsmedia.com, the website, of course, that carries all the great content for you guys up there. Squad analysis. Uh, being unveiled as we speak. So thank you guys for hanging out again. Longer episode. We understand that. That's going to be sort of what we're going to do on Tuesdays with Zach. We're going to talk football and we're going to spend a little bit more time with you guys here on the 440. So thank you guys for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, share the show. Tell everybody about it. We really, really appreciate it. And thanks to Kingston Group for being our great sponsor as well. My name is Braden Gall. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the 440 for Tuesday, February 22nd.